Hello listeners, welcome to our podcast, Dog Farm Chat. In today's episode, we will explore three topics that fall under the broader heading of sexuality. They are sexual perspectives, single living, and finally, sex education. So in this segment, we're going to talk about um, single living. Crooks and Boar, you know, they have said that remaining single, single is an alternative to marriage or, you know, choosing to stay single after a divorce. And it has become a very prominent lifestyle for many people all over. Um, they go on to say that not long ago, women who pursued higher education were less likely to marry and that's simply because um women who were pursuing higher education they're using their whole life or their almost their whole life to establish themselves in that manner to be an educated person and so they really don't have the time to engage in anything else however today they are more likely to marry than are women with lower levels of education although they marry later so it goes back to them trying to establish themselves before trying to engage in marriage so of course we know certain things will happen overnight you're not going to become if you have a goal of how wealthy you want to be it's not gonna happen overnight it's gonna take some time and some people choose to establish themselves in that way before they think of anything else and so that's why crooks and boar are saying that you know even if these educated women become married it's later down in life he goes they go on to say that some people who live alone remain celibate while other people they have a sexually exclusive relationship with one partner and you also have people who if you want to put it this way play the field so they're testing the waters and seeing what's out there for them you know it's really just different strokes for different folks everybody won't see the same way there is monogamy and you have some people who don't really believe in monogamy so to each his own In this segment, we'll be looking at sexual perspectives, paying particular attention to the industrial era. Now, the industrial era was or can be seen as a crossroads as it relates to the views on sexuality. The industrial era came between came after the the Victorian period where women were expected to be modest in their dress, in how they approach sexuality, and their 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 gender, their roles were rigid as it relates to sex and the family. Now, in the industrial period, we had a change because of World War, both World War One 
and World War II. This is so because women were asked to leave their traditional roles as caregivers, as the chief um, head of the family at home whilst the man went out to work. So they were asked to leave this role and to take up roles as employed persons know that no they would have they would have started to be paid for whatever jobs they were doing and this was so because the men would have enlisted in the army and would have gone to fight the wars during the industrial era the the women rejected the victorian ideas it was weird the victorian ideas started to become reje- rejected they instead they instead moved towards short stinky dresses and exuberant close contact dancing. Also, kissing and petting became a very prevalent thing and this was among the younger persons that were unmarried. So even though the kissing and even though kissing and petting became prevalent, a lot of the women or a lot of the young women still preferred to avoid premarital intercourse and this was because they wanted to prevent pregnancy so that they could so that they could avoid pregnancy and keep their reputations intact. Now, during the industrial era, there was one important development that changed how sex was looked at. And this was the development of penicillin and it becoming available. And this made the fear of getting, you know, sexual transmission, transmitted disease, less of an, less of an factor less of a factor as it relates to as it relates to sexual sex and the sexual transmitted diseases. Now another important point in the industrial era was after World War II because this was when feminism and the sexual revolution challenged the norms of the previous decades. Also importantly enough the industrial era was synonymous with the birth of the oral contraceptive pill, as well as the IUD, morning after, and spermicide. And you know, these combined brought about a newfound security for women who were interested in sex for pleasure, not just procreation. So there we see where during the industrial era, the way how sex was viewed viewed began to change because now sex was not only for procreation but there were things in place now that women could go out and have sex because they wanted the pleasure not necessarily to bear a child. So the industrial era we see was the let's say the building block of what sex how sex is viewed or society today maybe not in all aspects but certainly in the foundation areas of the sexual perspective. We now move on to our third subject matter, sex education, which I strongly believe that many parents today want to contribute to the sex education of their children? How much should our children see or how much should they be told? Hmm, I wonder. I'll be discussing how you, our current and future parents, can provide valuable and effective sex education to your children. 
So better do so, I'll be drawing reference from the text or sexuality by Crooks and Bohr. Rule number one, always answer children's questions about sex. Many times children ask us questions that we may think that they are not old enough to hear the answers to. Questions like, how was I born, are typically shunned down by a flushed face or a few stammering words. Roxanne Boyd states that putting questions off at an early age means that you may be confronted with potentially awkward tasks of starting a dialogue on sexual matters on a later point in your child's development. It can help for parents to include information about sex when appropriate in everyday conversation and their children either observe or participate in it. Accomplishing this with a sense of ease and naturalness can increase the comfort with which your child introduces if you believe that they are not old enough. The second rule suggested by Crooks and Board is to initiate conversation with your children when they don't ask questions. Isn't it ironic if a child goes through a situation in their life that you, the parent, was not aware of or was not available at a time, at that particular time, to give valuable and truthful information to your child. Wouldn't, be that, wouldn't that be scary for you as a parent? But Coquitan Boy is here to tell you today that you should educate your child on sex. Even 